Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of the A-Tier. In this episode, we have a special guest interview. Who is it, Justin? Thomas Gilbert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, you asked me. Oh, well, that's what true. am I going to say? True. Okay, that's What funny. do you want me to lie in? Like, so, we, yeah, we, we got a nice interview with Thomas Gilbert. We thought it would be fitting as a, the, we think uh, uh, we're going to try and be a great big Canadian podcast. Disc the golf future podcast. premier the future. Canadian disc golf podcast. Sure. Um, if that's is the way it is, then so be it. If not, then whatever. So we figured, why not ask the most recognizable face of disc golf in Canada to come on the podcast? And that young man did. And that's amazing. So you're going to get to hear from him a little bit later on in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, first things first, I do want to give a bit of a shout out uh, to Frank Dukes, yes. a local punk band to us from, with uh, Scott Rubello in it. I know you and him go way back. We were in a band together. Actually, Sean Reeves is also in that band, another buddy of mine. Oh, nice. Uh, we uh, were in a band together many years ago. So I reached out and said, Sean and Scott, I want the intro to FAF. Which I think is probably fast as fuck. I believe it's it stands for. I said I want the intro for our podcast, and of course he's like, "Take it, man!" Absolutely. Yeah. So, big shout out to Frank Dukes. Check him out if you like some good local punk music on iTunes, Spotify, all that. It's uh, Frank D U X. Julian. Now, if you prefer to have a censored version uh, of that song name, I would call it "Fast as Flip." Fast as Flip would be good. Or fast as uh, Heiser Flip. Fast as Stable. Stable is fast, fast as far. You know what they always say. Well, fast as far is better because it's the actual acronym name is F period, A period, F period of the song. I think. Is fast, that what it's called? always far. Remember that when you're throwing a disc, let's bring this back to disc. Actually, here. that's not true though, isn't it? Isn't it slow and smooth is more distance? That's slow sec- and smooth will get you good, consistent distance. But man, it's as fast as you let go of the disc is as far as it's going to go. I would think, right? I don't think I let go of the disc. I think it snaps out of my fingers. Well, maybe uh, that's your issue. <laughs> it could be part of it. Uh, what do you mean? Why are you, are you saying I have an issue? No, you're awesome. You're a great <laughs> disc golfer and I love playing with you. You are so sweet and I'm very glad that we play this sport together. And I'm not threatening him with anything at this point. Just you guys heard it here. Uh, <laughs> recent 900 rated disc golfer. Oh yes. Congratulations. Thank you. That's a, I, I'm not like all jokes aside. That's a pretty good milestone. It is. It's huge. It's but huge. And it, 900 is, that means you're there. You're it's a little skewed. I mean, it, it was an easy course and, uh, Oh, now he's taking, I haven't played for two now years. You're taking but, away from my win. No, your win was amazing. Yeah, but it was the same course and you said it was easy. So <laughs> if you listen to the, if you listen to the first episode, we're talking about our upcoming tournament, the WEDG open in Tecumseh, yeah. uh, in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert for that as well. Justin finished first place in MPO. First MPO win. Yeah, it was good. But it, as Julian said, it was an easy course and everyone gave up and let me win. So uh, anyway, um, <laughs> this is going to be episode one. Super excited to talk to Thomas Gilbert, which we already did. Mm-hmm. But I'm super excited for our listeners uh, to get a chance to hear what he has to say about his everything. New sponsorship, how he started playing disc golf. Uh, his celebrity crush was a pretty good answer. Obviously. So there's a bunch of good things in there, so stay tuned to listen for that. Um, before we get too deep into this episode, let's also thank our sponsor for this, uh, is Big Disc Energy today, which is bigdisc.ca. Uh, he sponsors myself as well and a few other uh, local players. Um, he's just got a little online retail shop for now uh, where you can check him out, and he has great deals and discs, and he ships and stuff like that. So I'm pretty sure he's working on his stock currently to you know to keep getting more and more. He's a brand new company, but... If you uh, are local to, you know, the uh, southwestern Ontario area, check out bigdisc.ca and uh, Nathan will hook you up for sure. Yeah. And that's if you've got big disc energy or if you just prefer to throw smaller discs. Um, mm-hmm. There's really no preference here. It could go either way. Um, mm-hmm. And also this, the hoodie that you're wearing is uh, Legion fancy and new and from Legion Disc Golf. Yeah. Legion Disc Golf. Uh, I went down to Arizona about a year ago or so. And yeah, played close in- to that because that was the... It was actually, geez, it was longer than that. It was October. Oh, wow. And uh, my two card mates, Brandon and Mike and Josh, were hilarious. And we got up, hit it off really well. And <laughs> I heard that. Yeah, that's not what I meant to say. <laughs> Freudian slip. Mm. Um, so anyway, we, uh, we hit it off. Uh, and they started a company recently I saw on social media called Legion Disc Golf down in Arizona. And uh, they reached out to me and, and said, you know, do you want some stuff? 
I said, absolutely. And they said, okay, well then we'll, you know, we'll give you a, a few, some, some swag here, sweater and some shirts and stuff. If you just kind of mention us on your podcast and uh, maybe kind of put the word out there up North, you know, that we are a thing when you're playing a tournament and stuff like that. So it's pretty sweet. Now let it be known that they're getting a free mention with only one person getting swag here. And I'm very anti-swag, yeah. but, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, who doesn't like free stuff though? You, you go anywhere uh, really. And you just, if someone offers you something, are you going to say no? I don't. No. At all. And they give me a little write up here. Um, I can read this out real quick because this is a nice thing that he, uh, he wrote up just to give everyone uh, a chance to kind of understand what Brandon and those guys are trying to do down there. And that is to create a brand that they want to be recognized and respected in the industry because it embodies integrity, unity, and professionalism. We want to be a resource supplier that will not only help develop and instill the correct ways to play disc golf, but also supply custom discs, apparel, swag, and host events. Legion's birth was a direct response to the myriad of clubs and groups that do the disc golf community a disservice. With these guys' military background and and law enforcement, they have uh, structured a framework that embodies those qualities. We are going to create a legion of individuals that exemplify said qualities. So they're creating two teams for first responders and militaries and then pro-amps. So that's basically what these... Yeah, it's very cool. And that's a nice little write-up from the boys. Check them out on Facebook at Legion Supply Co. Okay, now I'm curious of one thing here. I just picked up on that. eh? Just one, when you were reading that. Mm -hmm. uh, You had mentioned that they were looking for professionalism. And I'm just... How did I get on the team? I'm just surprised. Yeah, no, I know. I I (laughs) kind of know where you're going with that. I think they just thought I was funny. Hmm. And they're just like, we're like, man, we should just give this idiot some stuff. That's fair. And I believe, actually, you know, if my memory serves me correct. Yeah, no, it definitely serves me correct. I asked for the sweater. I said, hey, how do you buy one of those sweaters? And they're like, hey, actually, we can work something out. I think that's how it happened more so. Okay, they I like that. They didn't technically reach out to me and say, <laughs> hey, uh, you, <laughs> we're going to sponsor you. You're a good disc golfer. I said, can I have one of those sweaters? And they're like, oh, yeah, that Canadian guy that was funny. Here's one for free. Oh, that's all right. And they're not like, hey, I heard that you have a podcast coming out in Canada. Uh, no, I told in them. In Canada. Oh, di- okay. All right, all right. That's fair. <laughs> no, I mean, like, it's not like word has gotten around yet, but it's going to, Julian, because of people like Thomas Gilbert. Yes, absolutely. And and something really, really cool about that, uh, the interview that you guys are going to hear later, Thomas Gilbert is just is super, super humble. Mm-hmm. He's easy to talk to. He's a great kid. And uh, you guys should check out all of his videos For because sure. he's Canadian. That, uh, I also couldn't believe he was 21. He's extremely well-smoking, obviously intelligent, and no better ambassador of Canada, basically, or, you know, representative of Canada on the to disc the golf world. To the world, sure. Uh, he's also huge, so you're not going to miss him. Yeah, true. Uh, Julian... I know this is a disc golf podcast, but we are also we also enjoy other sports, especially being here in Canada. Mm-hmm. Hockey's back. Yes. Do you have any thoughts on that? Have you watched any of the games? I have not yet. Being a terrible God Canadian. Damn it, Julian! Now I've been following, and I know that the Toronto Maple Leafs won the first game against the Habs, which was disappointing, but a good game. I've heard the Habs are the Montreal Canadiens. Just in case, Sorry, we Montreal have some, Canadians. Just in case we have some listeners that don't know what that is, but I, I appreciate it. And I know since then. Uh, Montreal, the Habs, have mm-hmm. been on a bit of a tear. So that is the team that I support, one of the teams. I also really like the Edmonton Oilers, and I don't think they're doing as well. Just what yet. else is new? What else is new? You give them 17 first-round draft picks, the best player on the planet, and they still can't pull it together. Oh, That game, the Montreal-Toronto game, the first game of the season, yep. was one of the best. I So I listened to, obviously, some other podcasts, and I was listening to a hockey podcast, and they're like, expect, like one of the interviewers said, I think it was Jack Eichel, He's like, expect the season to be bullshit at first. None of us have had any type of training camp. <laughs> Some of us haven't skated in months. Like we just took the time off and, yeah. you know, if, especially if they weren't in the playoff bubble. Um, so he's like, it's expect to be bullshit. And then this Montreal Toronto game goes down and it looked like a game seven of the Stanley Cup finals. <laughs> it was nuts. It was the, one of the best games I ever saw in the overtime. My wife was punching me. She's like, can you stop yelling? Like I was up and down <laughs> screaming. It was such a good game. But bottom line is we're in a kind of a crappy time here in earth. But, but we have some something to, to look at now, some hockey. So that was sure. pretty exciting. Now, if we have any American listeners, one thing I'd also like to mention is that the football playoffs, the NFL playoffs are going on right now. And this is the first time I've been somewhat following. Same. That's so funny. <laughs> so I know that there are four teams left mm-hmm, at this mm-hmm. point. Now, here's the best part. Together, do you think the Murphy brothers, Julian and Justin, me and you, oh, could name the four teams? I can, well, obviously name one. I looked yesterday, so I better be able to, but I'm really... I think we could do it. Okay. Okay, you go first. I'll give you... You can have the first one. Can I take the easy one? Absolutely. Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> That's the easy one? That's Patrick Mahomes, man. Oh my God, that he's was the a, easy one? He, I would have forgot them. He's the only NFL player that I can recognize from the face. 
Okay, so guilt. Okay, first Tom, of all, and Tom Brady, obviously. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. I've never heard of until Saturday when I watched football for okay. the first time. I'm like, oh, is this that quarterback that everyone raves about? Yes. I know it. I don't watch, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> okay, then I'm gonna do Buffalo Bills because I thought that was the easy one because okay. they're such close proximity to us. An hour and a half away, they're basically a local team. Okay. So Buffalo, Kansas City, and you name the third one. And then I'm. I think I'm, I actually just thought of the next get... two are playing each other, and I know them, so I don't want. To... You know both. I know both of them now. I just just came to my head when you said that. Can um, I call in a friend? Call a friend for mine if I can't get it. You. I think you should go first. Oh. No. I just want to know which one you know, just so I can screw you on the last one. Uh. Okay. I'm gonna say no, no. I'll, if you want me to go third, I will. Okay. Uh oh boy, this is tough. Okay, uh, can I take the easy one? Yeah, Tampa what? Bay Buccaneers. That's the easy one. Well, it's Tom Brady's team, isn't it? It's Tom Brady's team, and I, I don't know who the other team. Well, they, wait, now who's the other team then? The other team is Green Bay Packers. Oh, I, I wouldn't have guessed that. So Green Bay Packers have wow. a quarterback. Are they really? I just started following football this year because everybody that I work with gambles on football all the time. And again, you sell cars, right? I sell cars. And I join in in this the festivities. Everyone will be betting fifty dollars on a game. They'll put a hundred bucks down on, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna take my toonie, and I'm gonna pick. Oh, uh, for Americans, a toonie is a two dollar coin in Canada, also known as a two loony. It <laughs> is to a Cuban guy I met one time. So, um, <laughs> so I took my uh, two loony, two dollars, my two loony, and I bought a pro line ticket, which is our sports gambling. Our legal sports gambling here. And I picked six things that were going to happen in a game. And I haven't won one yet, but I've done it like five or six times now. I think you show me this. And so because of and that. you just randomly click, right? I, oh, yeah. I just, I go through and I have no idea. I'll send it to the guys I work with and they'll be like, yeah, good, good choices. <laughs> and and really, I have no idea what's happening. And I got, I've been close a couple of times, but um, that's what, that's how I learned a lot of the teams and the, the guys who are going far and the good quarterbacks. Like I could almost name, I don't think I can name all four quarterbacks. Hold on. Yep. One, two, three. Oh, there's no way I could. I don't, I can't you think said of Buffalo Bills. Oh, yes, I can. Oh, hang on. More? Nope. Taylor. I think Scott. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. That's right. Josh Allen. I knew it was a common name. Tom, Tom Brady, Brady. Patrick Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. See, look at that. You got this. Well, that's just because I didn't know Green Bay was in the final. Oh, okay. Aya? I only knew Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback like yesterday or two days ago. Aaron Rodgers. Does he play disc golf? I friggin' hope so. I don't think he does. No. No, I'm uh, getting my... See, okay, here, guilty. The reason I brought that up is because I listen to podcasts all day at work. Lots of disc golf podcasts, lots of, ho- lots of hockey podcasts. Sure. And I'm mixing them up. Now, someone... Yeah, no, it's definitely hockey. I was wrong. But it'd be sweet if he did. He could uh, probably throw a forehand over them mountains over there. Uh, so I think the issue is, is that they are paid... Who I don't... Too much. I'm sure people know. 20 to $30 million oh, a year. I think it's more, isn't it? Possibly more. And they're doing that to throw a football... 17 to 20 times a year. Accurately. Um, accurately. But with throwing, sorry, big brutes bearing down on them too. 17 to 20 nights out of a year, they are throwing a football and they're making one to $3 million per game. So, Oh my gosh. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> I hate my so life. If you think about it, the top paid disc golfer ever, it has to be Paul McBeth. And I don't know what he makes because all of the contracts are hush hush, but I heard a rumor that it's $250,000 plus a year from disc a year plus two or series discs. Can you imagine a, an NFLer being like, yeah, I'm going to be a sponsored disc golfer and making a million over four. <laughs> uh, it's a, no, right. Like it, he's not going to take that. Literally it's the market, but you can see it this year. Like PDGA uh, memberships have absolutely exploded. Yep. Uh, probably with COVID probably with Brody Smith. It helps. Yeah, for sure. Ezra. As with his social recognition, Ezra, um, all these guys. That are, Simon Lazat has Simon a ton of followers. That's, and... He's just been blowing. So, I mean, it is blowing up, obviously not to the extent of football and stuff like that. But, uh, I mean, I would say that Paul's 250 a year is like not even his actual, like. Oh, no, no. It's two. I think it's 250 plus his Paul Macbeth right. sales. So those Paul Macbeth sales, I would say absolutely trump that by a lot. Yeah, I could see I, that. I, I, I think. Everyone wants the P. McBee yeah, discs. Like the, the Hades came out. It seems like it's flying off the shelf. And I think I have. Two or three you, in my bag who, right who now. Who doesn't put with a Luna right now, it seems like. So it's like... I think Ezra me, does, actually. Now that I've mentioned him a second ago, but I think he does actually put with Luna as well. I mean, he has to now. Can't use those P2s anymore. That's true. So, uh, yeah. Um, but the money's ridiculous in football. And you're right. Um, you actually reminded me of a stat I heard that made me want to, I guess, essentially back my car over my head <laughs> when I thought about the actual <laughs> logistics of this. Yeah. Justin Verlander, I know he's not... Anything. He's a, he's a pitcher, pitcher, right? Pitcher, yep. yeah. 
Um, great first name. He, someone told me once that he was making a thousand dollars a pitch one season, every time he threw the ball. Oh and I thought God. to myself, and I just kind of put it in perspective. I'm like, man, like he throws 110 pitches some games. Like it was crazy to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember at that point thinking, cause you can't really, you can't understand how much money it is until you break it down to something so small like that. Yeah. I'm just going to bust out my calculator here. And so minimum wage. Julian loves this stuff. So everyone's minimum wage in Canada. Minimum wage is $14.25 an hour. $14.25. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to do $1,000 per pitch divided by minimum wage. And so that one pitch is 70 working hours (laughs) at minimum wage in Canada. And more than a lot of That's almost two weeks. One pitch. It's two weeks of money. That's insane. That is, it's not, it's apt. And the other thing is too, it's not, well, it's not fair. I don't think. Uh, I mean, you have everyone else in the world kind of struggling and these guys, I mean, they got themselves there and, they, they, and they we're the idiots together. paying the money for sure for these guys to go and, you know, and we're, you know, we buy the tickets, we buy the jerseys. So it's kind of feeding into that, but now they're getting ripped off because I would throw that ball for half of that. Yeah. Same. Like who's he played Detroit? He I was Detroit he... at that time. He, then he pit, um, where did he go? He won a world series with Houston, I think. Okay. So the 500 Houston. bucks a pitch. Like you can have me. Sure. A hundred. 30 cents. 30 cents. <laughs> Canadian. Care. I'll throw all of those balls. That is not as fast or as accurately or. What I'm getting from this conversation is sports are back and we are having something to kind of watch and do through, uh, I don't know about the rest of the world, but the area Julian and I live in is a complete lockdown right now. So you're not really supposed to go out unless you're a central worker. Mm-hmm. What are some of the other things? Central worker, like maybe to grab groceries and yep. uh, like a pharmacy. Yep. And they're, and they're there just playing the game they love. So yep. exactly. I, I don't know. I just think it's, it's not really fair, but then I, but then I'm also the hypocrite watching the games and cheering it on saying, wow, I'm so glad hockey's on. You know what? That doesn't make you a hypocrite. That makes you a fan. And that mm-hmm. is why disc golf is going to be the next big one. I think it has um, to be ESPN too. Yeah, man. Have we brought that up yet? No, maybe. I mean, everyone in the world, this isn't some sort of weird thing that Julian and I are dropping the biggest news in the world, but ESPN two covering the pro tour championships is monstrous. It's, and the yeah. best part was I didn't realize Sexton and big germ got to do it. Yeah, they were. The they didn't bring in like you know Buck Showalter. They didn't bring in some like who? I don't know. Buck Showalter was a baseball. No, coach. who are Nate Sexton and Jeremy Colling? Oh, uh, they are prominent uh, disc throwers in the industry. Oh, very good. Nate Sexton is Innovus team captain. So he is. Speaking of which, yeah. Speaking of podcasts, mm-hmm. have you listened to his? Would you be angry at me if I said no? I've listened to every episode. So I don't listen to podcasts. I am very hypocritical. The only podcast I listen to is when I'm editing hours. <laughs> so here's the thing. Julian is our producer and he says he doesn't listen to podcasts. So I think we've come to an agreement tonight, right now, that Julian will, in fact, just edit the episode as, and do as minimal as he can listening wise mm-hmm. and just send it over to me and I'll say, and I'll make some notes. Perfect. Yes, yeah. please. Sounds good. I mean, I, I'm, you're also the, the, uh, the, the intellectual kind of, I think you are. So Julian's going to, Julian has offered graciously to do the editing. I'm sure at some point maybe we can bring in some friends to do it, but like right now we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants. And also, sorry, that reminded me, our Thomas in, uh, interview was the first one we had done and uh, we were, oh, our, yeah, thank you. Uh, maybe Julian can explain it better. Um, so we recorded it and during the recording, I fiddled with some knobs and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Sex joke. anyway, it sounds terrible. The interview itself, the content is fantastic. I am very, very sorry for the quality of uh, the recording. But if you bear with us. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I'm going to introduce it right now. Here is an interview from Thomas Gilbert with us, Justin and Julian Murphy. Before, like this guy trusts us enough. We hadn't even released an episode yet to do an interview with us, to listen to um, the crap that we have to spew at him and answer all our questions graciously and humbly. And... Uh, Again, very, very sorry about the recording quality, but you know what, folks? Enjoy it. So our guest today is also our first guest, appropriately so. This young man is the only full-time touring pro from Canada and the third highest rated Canadian that I think will change very shortly. He's fresh off a brand new deal with Prodigy Discs, adding to their roster of bombers already. He is one of the furthest throwing disc throwers on the planet at the only the tender age of 21, a career earnings of... Just over 27,000 US dollars spread across 18 PDGA victories in only five years. Please welcome our first ever guest, Thomas Tom Bomb Gilbert. Thomas, welcome. Welcome to the A tier. 
having me. So uh, we're very excited to have you here. Um, yeah, I love that name. Thank you. <laughs> it's uh, Well, it's very fitting to have our Canadian superstar here on our first episode, I think. Agreed. So you represent us all over all over the U.S. and some Canadian tournaments, obviously, too. And you've only been touring for two and a bit years, two and a half years. Is that right? Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. That's crazy. What? So my question would be, you're a young kid. You're, you know, you're, I think you're in university or something like that, maybe, or college. And mm-hmm. you're said to yourself, I want to actually go through the States and tour as a disc golfer. What, what was that choice like for you? How did it, how'd that come to be? I mean, it, it was pretty crazy and really, really fast. I mean, for me, it started off just by loving the sport from an early age, or I guess not really early age because it only happened five years ago, but still early, um, still early. I got it really, really fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 16. So, but I mean, I, I played the tournament scene almost immediately. I think I played my first tournament within like four or five months of starting playing the game. And I quickly found my place um, at like the top of the advanced scene in Ontario. And then within the next year, uh, near the top of the open division. And so I decided in 2018 to really test my skills and go out touring for the second half of the season. That's a huge step to take. That's incredible. So let's kind of backtrack a little bit because we get a little excited. We have our only Canadian touring pro here, but how did you start playing disc golf? How did you get into it? Um, so it's a really kind of cool story. My friend from high school, uh, he introduced me to the sport. I played a little bit of ultimate here and there in middle school and high school, kind of like on the school team. And yeah, he brought me out to E.T. Seton, a local course in the Toronto area. And we played around and I really, really enjoyed it. And then we went back. I think the very next week and yeah, just have enjoyed it ever since every single round I've played. That's amazing. And, and I, I watched, um, I was watching one of your videos today, uh, not because I'm creepy, just because that's how I roll. <laughs> He's, and, creepy. Uh, He's creepy. A little creepy. And um, you had mentioned that you had a coach early on to get some good form tips and that sort of thing. Yep. Did you find that helped quite a bit getting kind of maximizing your distance early? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, so Henrik London, another uh, guy here in Ontario, he yeah. he was there at ETC, and I think the second or third time I ever played. And so he kind of taught me like the very basics of the form. Like I was throwing kind of ultimate style, like swinging my arm in like a big rounded motion. And it was just kind of like going high. I had good power, but not really a good line. And so he told me about a straight pull through, like reaching straight back and then pulling this through. And I think like the first or second time I actually used the straight pull through, my disc went like a hundred feet further than I've ever thrown it before. Oh, wow. And it, it was an incredible moment. And I think that just that, that idea of the basics of the form, it really excelled me to like, say like, whoa, if I got that much extra distance from just that one tip, I want to try to perfect it so I can see how much potential this sport really has. Yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense, actually, because I, I watched your video on how to throw uh, 600 feet. Um, and so I've got the first 300 feet down from that. <laughs> Um, I can't quite get the last 300. Just wondering if you maybe would do a form check at some point in time in the future. And <laughs> Yeah, <absolutely. laughs> All right. So I noticed when you started playing, I noticed that your, your dad has been on tour with you. Do any of your other family members play disc golf with you at all? Uh, does your dad throw? Um, my dad, he follows the sport a lot, but he doesn't really throw too, too much. He will every once in a while for fun, mostly the only disc he really throws is the dog disc for my dog, but uh, my mom actually has gotten into it a little bit more. She has her own little set of discs, and uh, she'll go out and play the course every once in a while, and honestly, not do too bad. Nice. That's amazing. Must, must be, uh, that's where you get the genes from. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you step out on tour, you know, you, you made this leap, uh, you said to yourself, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can, I've gotten good at advanced, I've gotten good at the pro level, why not go play down in the States with some of these, the best players in the world? When you got down there, I'm assuming you're kind of almost like a lone wolf, you know, not a lot of Canadians down there to, to kind of hang with. So who were some of the original mentors that took you under their wing to kind of, you know, take care of you and you know maybe stay with them and, and play with and learn stuff from, stuff from? Yeah, I mean, back in, I think it was early 2018, I went down to the Las Vegas Challenge and Memorial with um, Martin and Sandy Hendel mm-hmm. and stayed with them for those two events. But then I actually had gotten into contact with Kevin Jones about hitching a ride with him from Memorial to Texas. 
And so I hopped in his pro discus RV at the time <laughs> and we hit the road and over two days we traveled over to Texas and then spent a little bit of time with him uh, traveling in Texas, going place to place. And then I think I hooked up with AJ Risley, who is a big touring partner of mine for the last couple of years. And we traveled together all the way uh, through till GBO. And so that was a huge opportunity. I got to spend a lot of time with a lot of great people. Austin Hannum, Katrina Allen, uh, James Conrad, Jeremy Colling, a whole bunch of really, really big touring pros. And they were very, very kind to kind of let me stay with them in, in their different Airbnbs and hotels and uh, different places for accommodation throughout that kind of first couple months of me being on the road. That's that's amazing. That's it's incredible. Cool. And that's just, it just kind of, you know, further shows why disc golf is such an incredible game. The players themselves too, right? So... It's amazing. Um, mm -hmm. so, so you mentioned uh, Kevin Jones was one of the earliest ones that you toured with. Did he have any? Did he persuade you in any way uh, <laughs> as far as where you decided to go with your sponsorship? Uh, I mean, his performance, I would say, in the last year is, has also been a big persuasion. He's he's such a talented player, and I mean, uh, when I was traveling, he was with Pro Discus, so uh, he also kind of got me a little bit interested in that uh, for a little while, but. Yeah, definitely having a really good friend like Kevin and also Seppo and Chris Dickerson mm -hmm. and Katrina Allen, a bunch of really, really good friends over on the project team. So it, it definitely made that switch a little bit more comfortable uh, knowing that I'll have some friends to come join up with. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good roster right there of the names you just dropped too. And Hannum, I think you mentioned as well. He, he, I think mm -hmm. he just kind of signed with them too. And, and Sa Sandy, did Sandy? Yes, that's right. I think Sandy. Yeah, yeah. Sandy as well. as well. She just joined the project as well. Yeah, that's unbelievable. So... Getting back on this prodigy thing, you 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 know you've been with Innova, I think probably your entire at least professional career, uh, yeah. presumably. Was it a hard decision for you to leave Innova, or were you just like maybe it's time for a change, or or what kind of what were some of the factors that made you you know ultimately choose prodigy and leave for Innova? Um, I mean, so Innova was I mean it, I loved that company. I have nothing bad to say about Innova. They they were really really good to me and. I still am really good friends with a bunch of the Innova staff and team members that I worked with when I was uh, playing for Innova. And it just kind of came down to Prodigy had was able to give me an opportunity to really elevate my game and grow my brand. Mm -hmm. And with Innova being such a huge team, it's really hard for them to kind of focus in on smaller, high-potential players because they have so many big names already that they kind of have to dump the resources into, but Project gave me that opportunity and put faith in my growth in the sport. And that is what made me choose Prodigy over Innova this year. What, uh, just on, on this Prodigy tangent here, any discs, have you been practicing with Prodigy discs for a while now? I would say since about mid-December. Mid I've been... Oh, that's not that... Yeah. That's pretty early. Like, I figured it'd be longer than that. That's crazy. A any early favorites? Yeah, yeah. It happened really quick. Um, definitely, I would say the D2 is probably my favorite driver. Also, certain runs of uh, D1 are, are really, really great. They, they fit really well, and they transitioned really well from uh, some of my Innova drivers. Um, I've been really liking the M4, the PA3, and the A2. Mm -hmm. Those are all really, really good kind of putt approach and then mid-range discs that have, have fit really comfortably and actually opened up some shots that I hadn't thrown before. Interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. What about the the is it a, what's Dickerson's X one? Is that a stable disc he throws or the stable? Um, the FX two. I think that's it's his, it's his like uh, cool signature like mold that he created. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you going to bag one of those? Maybe hopefully. Yep, yep. I got one in my bag right now, and uh, excited to get a few more. I, I only have one plastic of it, so I have I think like three of that one plastic. But I'm excited to try the other ones. It's a nice, reliably overstable disc that can throw really hard and just holds a nice line. Yeah. It's, I mean, Chris throws it so well. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, have, you, have you announced any tour series discs or is there any inkling as to what might be coming uh, with your name on it that all of us and our listeners are going to have to buy several of? <laughs> um, I mean, we part. haven't decided a single mold yet to kind of be my tour series disc. That's still kind of in the works, mm -hmm. but hopefully by springtime, there's going to be, yeah, Thomas Gilbert Tour Series disc out there for everyone to buy and also working on doing some custom 
stamps as well on different molds that uh, people can also enjoy if they don't like the signature mold that we end up going with. That's amazing. Uh, I'm really excited for you about that. So let's backtrack a little bit here. I was going through your PGA like any good interviewer would, and I noticed that your first ever big A tier, shout out to the name of our show, um, the win was the River City Open in Michigan. Like there was some mm-hmm. pretty big names in that group uh, with the likes of Andrew Marweed, Tim Barham, Reed Friskira. What was that like for you to think like, maybe I'm actually here, I can do this? Yeah, that, that tournament was really, really crazy because I had heard about it through a friend on tour, um, another guy in Michigan, uh, Jared Stoll. He said, hey, there's this A tier that has 6,000 added cash to it and there's not really like that many names signed up. And I remember looking at me like, whoa, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I think there was, there was some event in Ontario that I was um, thinking about playing, but I was like, man, I, this... This is an amazing opportunity to get this kind of smaller A tier with not all the huge touring pros, but still like a really big tournament that I want to go out there and I want to show what I got and I want to win this thing. And I remember the weekend before that was the Brent Hamburg Memorial and Martin and Sandy were there and they said, are you going to come home play the this or that tournament? And I said, no, I'm going to go to Michigan and win this A tier. <laughs> and, and sure enough, uh, the next week, uh, I was coming home with the win, which was amazing for me. That's two thousand bucks richer. Oh yeah, that was a that was a big win. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. What were the nerves like during that tournament? Were, I mean, do you feel nerves? Are you a nervy type of guy, or do you do you have your routine and you just kind of do your Thomas Gilbert thing? Um, I mean, I definitely feel nerves in especially like tight situations. Luckily, at that tournament, I had felt really confident during uh, one of the league like PDGA league rounds. That week at the course that we played for all three rounds, I had just set the course record. So I was going with like as much confidence as I could have. And after the first two rounds, I think I had like a three to five stroke lead. And I was able to pretty much maintain that lead all the way to the end and I think win by two or three. So it never really got to that like, oh my God, I need to birdie this or else I have, I'm going to get caught. So luckily that never really took place. I think those really big pressure moments will kind of make or break a really good player and i'm excited for many more of them in the future that leads you into the goat hill challenge also another big a tier and this one now the only difference with this one i mean money aside money's great but you were this was a, a featured tournament on youtube like we had some good i think central coast may have done it is that my yep. is that true yeah it was so, so what was that like to you know show everyone back home around the world like hey thomas gilbert has won an a tier in michigan but now i've won one on camera with a bunch of other great players, again, you know, down in California. What was that like? That must have been amazing. Yeah, that, that was probably my my greatest kind of performance so far. I mean, doing it on camera like that, remaining cool and calm throughout the entire thing, and really performing to my full potential all three rounds the whole weekend was a really big moment, and doing it in the midst of two amazing pros, Seppo Paiu and Kevin Jones, who I think were both like in or very, very close to the top 10 in the world, which, yeah, um, an out-of-mind out of experience. I still um, watch in amazement sometimes the rounds posted by Central Coast Disc Golf, and it's such a cool memory to look back on, and I'm definitely very proud of it. So you do watch, you like to watch, you know, yourself, uh, maybe you know, do some form checks and stuff like that? Yeah. Or do you like to see yourself maybe to get your head in the game for the next tournament? So you do, you're do. you one of those guys because some guys don't like to watch. Yeah, I love to watch. I love to watch my great performances. I love to watch my mistakes and learn from them. But I definitely have watched every single round I've ever been on. Uh, and not only the rounds that you've been on, um, actually one of my favorite things to do as a Canadian is when I'm watching any coverage on Jomez on CCDG is I play a game called Spot Thomas Gilbert because you show up... <laughs> In ninety percent of videos, watching it, you're you're a super fan. Like you're, yeah, you're watching and learning from the pros. You're caddying sometimes. Sometimes you're just in the background. And I mean, how tall are you? Like six foot three, six foot four, six, six foot five, six foot five. Okay, so that's so you can stand out, and I think that's really impressive. It's not just you. You don't just go there, play your round, and then take off. And you're in the Airbnb. You're actually watching it. You're you're fully immersed, which is is pretty cool. It can only help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So. uh I wanted to ask you, has COVID done any, we're hoping the answer is no, but has COVID and everything happening in the world right now changed Thomas Gilbert's touring plans this year? Or are you hoping to do a full season? Like we were, we're all excited to watch and cheer you on uh, with the new company, especially. 
Yeah, I mean, my touring plans haven't changed. I mean, I guess they, they're fluid right now, so they can change if the season happens to change because there are uh, strong restrictions starting to come back in place. And I don't know how exactly that might affect the touring season. But as of right now, I'm signed up for all the events at the beginning of the year. And I recently had gotten the tour pass for the Disc Golf Pro Tour. So I'm really excited to be playing all those events again this year and possibly a few new ones. And as long as everything kind of works out, I plan to be at all of them. And how does Thomas Gilbert get around to all these events? I'm curious. That you're, I never seem to hear see a van or anything like that. Uh, you're just kind of always there, like Julian said. on <laughs> How do you get around? Um, it's kind of just like that first year, hitching rides with really good friends. I mean, I think I had like five or six different people that I kind of traveled with last year, um, just particularly because with the U.S.-Canadian border, it's a lot more difficult to drive down through the, to the States. Um, there's slightly less strict restrictions while flying. Um, so without having a vehicle down there that I can bring in, I can't really rent a car either just because I'd be crazy expensive i i usually just get rides with um different pros and this year as well i'll probably be riding along with uh joey tamale who's a camera guy for the rca, RCA productions yeah yep. i've met him yeah. he's a good kid i met him in waco he's amazing he's funny yeah yeah he's awesome and he's playing and playing a bunch of events as well this year so it's gonna be exciting oh is he a disc golfer as well yep yep no kidding yeah, I think but, he's like 985 rated, I want to oh, say. Wow. wow. <laughs> I remember I was in Waco, and they were doing their flyovers for a whole two or something, and I was doing a, pra- a couple of practice runs of the course. And yeah. he goes, hey, bud. He, start, he kept making fun of my Canadian accent. And he goes, hey, bud, <laughs> give me some of those discs in your bag. He just grabbed my discs. And I remember thinking, I mean, he could throw for sure. And he like hit yeah. the line on hole four at Waco, which is a very difficult hole perfectly. And I'm like, and he just kind of sets my bag down, puts the drone up in the air, and kept going. I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> He seems like oh, a pretty good cool. treat to tour or to travel around with for sure. Yeah, definitely. So kind of leading into another question, I, I'm curious, do you have, you've mentioned that you have five or six kind of, you know, people that you like to tour around with. Who would you consider some of your maybe top three, four best friends on tour that, you know, you excited to see them, excited to play with them? And, and you know, who, who would they be? Gosh, it's really hard to limit it to just three or four because I don't want to like then hurt anyone's feelings as well. Start but. saying names then. I, that was me limiting it, not you. <laughs> uh, but I mean, definitely some of the uh, best friends on tour, when he does tour at least, is uh, Nate Sexton. Sexton yeah. uh, definitely a really nice guy and a really good friend of mine. Uh, same with Jeremy Cooling, Chandler Fry. I mean, Calvin... Kevin, Chris, um, A.B., Ricky, Eagle, Simon, Terry, Jordan, Chris, Clemens. Gosh, I don't know. There's so many people that have been so awesome to me and that I love meeting and seeing and playing with. So it's really, really hard to just limit it down to a few names. But there's the whole touring scene seems to be a great friend of mine. Yeah, like a it's a it seems like a very tight knit group. Um, from any of the tournaments I've been to to watch or um, kind of wander around through, everyone seems to know everybody and be friends with everybody. And for the most part, obviously with few exceptions. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it seems like a very kind of cool. I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Is, vibe. But yeah, cool vibe and a really neat, mm-hmm. uh, tight knit group. So, Thomas, you mentioned AB as one of your buddies. What was that like? I know Goat Hill came down to it with him this year and yeah. you know you're the defending champion so you know what kind of things were said maybe during the round or or after the round uh, to one another if you're good friends uh, you know um so one of the funny moments actually from that tournament that will always kind of stick with me just because of how ironic it made the situation near the end um on hole 17 i think i was one stroke up on ab and we both put our uh drives inside circle and then he made his putt i think from like right around circle's edge and then I had like a 25 footer that um, like cut off or hit high left chains and, and kind of dropped out. And I, what I went over, tapped it in. And then and as I was walking back to the next tee pad, I went and gave AP a little kiss. I was like, you're welcome. For our, view, for our listeners, uh, Thomas Gilbert just blew a kiss to us, which is yeah. uh, basically saying I gave you a free one there. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. That's tough. And I mean, we were I, all here cheering. You go up a chance on the last hole and then he he was the the better player in that situation he he came up clutch and got the birdie on the last hole i took the par and he won the tournament fair and square 
Yeah, and, and obviously no hard feelings. Like it's it's the, the, when it comes down yeah. to it, we're all friends off the course. So in the evenings, maybe between I know you're always studying disc golf and and you know walking around, but during the, let's say not in daylight, what do you guys yeah. like to do? What do you like to do with your friends to kind of keep active and and have fun? Maybe in the evenings on tour. What's a, what's a night um, like for Th- Thomas on tour? Yeah, I mean usually. Honestly, it's pretty, like, it, it's it's funny. We all play board games and card games. It's like that's the kind of thing to do on tour is you get games out like Carcassonne or Catan, Ticket to Ride, mm-hmm. or just normal card games, and you just play. I mean, sometimes you'll watch a movie or play a video game, but it really seems like board games and card games are, like, the favorite evening activity for almost all touring pros. There's some high stakes. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it gets pretty competitive. I wouldn't say there's any much money on it usually, but definitely very competitive. Yeah, you named the three board games that are like three of my favorites that I actually have in my little collection right now. So that's maybe you should be a two-year-old. Well, I got to get yeah. good first. You can throw 300 feet, you said. So, wow. <laughs> on, on a good day. So I have, a, I have a question for you. Being one of the lone Canadians on tour, not the only one necessarily, because I know Marty goes down sometimes. And mm-hmm. uh, I think Justin. Justin once. I, <laughs> uh, so I guess that counts. What is, uh, do you ever get called out for Canadian stereotypes or, or Canadian things you do or say or funny mannerisms? Oh yeah. I get, I get teased all the time about little Canadian mannerisms. Uh, if I ever say sorry or out or <laughs> like that, they always like repeat myself and, uh, kind of poke fun of it with a Canadian accent. And then also, uh, like you, you might have heard in some of the uh, coverage, I think the skins match, there was a few times where those guys were like poking fun. It's like, if Thomas wins any skins, are they going to pay him out in loonies and toonies? <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, lots of funny little uh, things there that they like to poke fun at, but it's all good fun and I enjoy it. Yeah. They, they can say as much as they want. And then when you win 13 or whatever it was, was 15 it? skins on one hole, then you can tell them, yeah, you can pay me in toonies. Yeah, Get a garbage bag. dollars yeah. uh, with one putt. Yeah, yeah, Unreal. exactly. What was that? What was that like? I was gonna ask because I've really enjoyed. I know not just myself, but a lot of people have enjoyed these OTB skins matches. It's really fun viewership, to be honest. So, what was that mm-hmm. like to be on that? Was it you know obviously competitive, but what was that experience like? Yeah, I mean it's a really fun format. I think the skins match. It's it's kind of different and gives like a new kind of uh, content to watch. And I think it's also not only more fun kind of for the viewers sometimes, but it's really fun for the touring players as well i mean where it's a it's a good mix of like competitive and rooting for and rooting against each other and just also throwing in a bit of uh shit talk so it's absolutely like, it's all it's all fun and games but it, it's awesome like on a certain hole you might be rooting for someone to hit a long putt to push a hole and then the very next hole you're gonna uh, wish them that they hit a tree because <laughs> Uh, you threw the only good drive so far. Because you're an asshole. Hey, so, no, no, not actually. Thanks for doing this, by the way. So that hole, I, I think it was 13 or 15, the, the par four you eagled, did you know at one point you are going to get it? Because I saw you during the tournament. I think you got it during the tournament, not the skins match, right? Yeah. Like, you, like it's a very yeah, specific so, yeah. shot, but, like, you, did you think you were going to get it at some point? Like, you're going to try all three rounds kind of thing? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was, it was a very reachable hole i for some. In practice um for, for some yes yeah <laughs> um, in practice i i had thrown i actually hadn't thrown any shots that close the two closest shots I ever got in the hole was in the skins match and during the final round ironically so i mean i knew it was possible i had thrown one a little bit long in practice oh. and so i just knew it was getting the angle right to kind of bend towards the green there and kind of cutting it off just right over the trees. But it, it was a, a legendary eagle. I mean, I, I still get messages from people in Maine saying, like, dude, I can't believe they eagled that hole. That's the only time anyone's ever eagled it from an actual putt. And so even it's, sweeter. It, it's a really cool. Yeah, and even sweeter yeah. on camera too, right? Like, that's the best part. Yeah, They can, they can call you a liar, was... but it's there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Back to Canada for one second. What is your favorite Canadian course? I would say Hillcrest Farms and PEI. Okay, okay. Damn That's it. a very good answer. So what is your favorite <laughs> Ontario <laughs> course? Yeah. All right, all right. 
my favorite Ontario course is also might not be the answer you're looking for, but is Project 15 in Peterborough. Oh, that course is amazing. Okay, so I haven't played it yet, but I've heard. I listen. You're not the first person to tell me that. You, if you were the only person to tell me that, I'd go play it. To be honest, but um, it's. I've heard it's amazing. Like what? That's up there with Viamede, right? Like up in there, that area. That's yeah, right, right near yeah, Peterborough. Yeah, that's very right. close to each other. Oh my gosh, that's insane. It's it's a beautiful. It's just course. to describe the course a little bit as well. Yeah, it, it, it's it's so beautiful. There's they have a really really fantastic landscape there of kind of a good mix of like open uh, open shots on like some of the longer holes. They have short little technical holes with lots of good danger around them, and then they have these beautiful wooded holes with this amazing rock formations that all go throughout the course and. It really shapes well, and I think it's one of the only courses that we have in Ontario that kind of has the aesthetic feel of a disc golf pro tour course. Mm. Yeah, I could see that, and and it's in a quarry. Is that right? If I remember correctly. Um, yeah, like it, it, I, not really a quarry, but like it has um, like a construction pit that it yeah, kind of right. goes around as well. What what uh, what's your best round there? I just I have to know just to torture myself a little bit. Uh, gosh. <laughs> Um, I haven't played a scored round there in a long time. I think I shot like four or five down at the 2018 Provincials. Oh my! That's so insane. I don't know. That's that's a little bit uh, different than what I might shoot now. But that's I think that was like a thousand ten rated round or something yeah, like that. I don't doubt it. Uh, okay, if you had just, I know you've never played with me, but if you had to guess what my <laughs> score is on that round, uh, I would say plus seven. Plus that'd be, seven? That'd probably be my score. I really yeah. appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was plus 28 playing it. I just could Ooh. not do a thing. It was terrible. But it was a great course. It's uh, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, we have a couple of, not, I'll, I'll call them fan questions for now. Um, one, right. okay, first of all, both my kids wanted to ask you a question. These might be painful for you, but please just, I, I have to okay. do it. The first one was my seven-year-old, Beckett. He says, Thomas, <laughs> if you had the chance to get $300 standing six feet away from a basket and ripping something as hard as you could and it had to stay in, do you think you could do it? Yes. Okay, I, 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 I said you would. And But I definitely have to think a lot about the angle that I throw it on because I, I admit that I've had some like anger <laughs> after I've had uh, a few putts that I've missed in practice and I took one of the putters off the ground and like threw it in full power backhand drive and it usually will spin the chains a while and then like kind of fall out just from all the power. But if I aimed it down enough, I think it would stick. Yeah, okay. I can see that. And then the other son, sorry, sorry, Julian to cut you off there. Sebastian, my older one says, who is your celebrity crush? If you had one. Oh gosh. You can say, Justin. Uh, <laughs> man, I, sure. Justin and Julian. Murphy, they are, <laughs> hey, oh, that's awesome. that's us. You. I know them. Amazing. Those guys are awesome. Okay. So my fiance is another fan question. Okay. Um, yep. so two questions and both are unrelated to disc golf. <laughs> so my fiance right now is seven and a half months pregnant. So this is a very common theme in our house right now. What is your favorite ice cream flavor? Ooh, um, there's, there's this one that Jeremy got me to try on tour. I don't remember the exact flavor. I think it was like street tart churro dough. I want to say what? And it was this like crazy fancy um like premier ice cream shop that we went to and it was it was definitely a remarkable ice cream flavor it definitely was very good okay um uh, so one more question yep oh yeah that's right man and i wasn't 100 percent if she was joking with this one or not but <laughs> if you were a scented candle personally <laughs> what what scent would you be i would have to say maple wood Oh, great call. Good answer. That's so smart. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really Very good, good segue to our show. Uh, we have one from David Finch. Uh, he says, I heard he putts for hours a day. Is that true? Like your routine? What's your putting routine like? A lot of people want to know that. Yeah, um, I, I do try to putt almost every single day. And usually I'm out there for about an hour. Um, it kind of depends. Like, honestly, um, sometimes I'll putt for a shorter period of time. If, like, if I'm on and I'm make, making every single putt from like pretty good distance around circle's edge because that's about the length of uh the garage i put in um then i'll stop because if i go too long then i just get in my own head and nitpick my form and then we'll start overthinking things and be like oh it's not 
straight enough. It didn't hit the chains right. And that's like a bad kind of mental space, I feel like, to get in. So if I'm putting really, really well and they're all going in like 10 out of 10 from Circle's Edge, then I'll, I'll usually stop right there and uh, say like, oh, that's it. I got my form down for the day and let's move on. And then sometimes it can be longer, hour, hour and a half. If I'm trying to, if it's like really, really bad, I'm like hitting high and low all the time and um, want to just kind of get it dialed in before I leave. I usually want to make a full set of putts uh, before I leave. And that's 10? Yeah, yeah, it's about 10. Good for you. I'm not sure if I've ever tried that. Maybe I should. I do the Brody Smith throw where you have three from 10, three from 15, three from 20. Only go back if you get all three. And if you miss one, you got to move forward. Uh, It's kind of a good way to get a bunch of reps at different distances. Yeah, definitely. That's a, a good putting game. Uh, Brendan Barber, another GRDGA member, wants to know if you have any season goals this year or what are they? Yeah, I mean, for me, um, I've actually been working really hard with uh, Disc Golf Strong and a new uh, sports psychologist, actually. And uh, my I have like a bunch of, of really good goals, like health goals and performance goals and also kind of like progress goals along with those so i mean some of my like outcome goals um would be to finish really really well at all the events i play this year try to get like top 20 um average at majority of the events try to get in the top 10 um around five times this year and then hopefully have a really good performance and be on lead card competing for the win at a few of the uh pro tours national tours or majors this year do you have a favorite course on tour? Um, I have a few. I mean, I would say, like, in general, just because it's kind of like two courses in one, uh, Milo MacGyver out in Portland, Oregon, those, that, those are two beautiful courses that are on the same property. So, yeah, the Beaver State Fling is an event that I'm very much looking forward to going back to this year. And one, uh, so in your first round on YouTube with Prodigy Discs, uh, you eagled the first hole at Scarlet Woods. Good start. Now, our listeners, if they buy Prodigy Discs, can they expect regular Eagles? Would you think? There's only one right answer I mean, here because you're sponsored. So, <laughs> think, yeah, you have to go. But I would say if you're gonna play the first round with Prodigy Disc, I would go to Sabatis in Maine because their par fives are about 400 feet, and I think you could definitely build those. Perfect. Ones. Good answer. Great answer. <laughs> That's amazing. Julian, do you have anything else for Thomas here? Uh, I'm good. I think uh, you've answered so many questions, um, some that make sense and some that don't, and I really appreciate all of them. <laughs> I have an idea for him. Thomas, do you have any questions for us? See, no one's ever done that before. Oh, man. <laughs> um, how I mean, how has it been for you guys? I mean, I know this is your first podcast episode. What's kind of like – I'm almost kind of curious what the process is like starting up this podcast. Uh, so a lot of it is just learning how to use sound equipment. Um, okay. and that has literally taken the last two and a half months, uh, mostly just software, but once it, it's kind of half down now. So if I call you tomorrow and I say, Hey Thomas, do you want to record a whole interview again? <laughs> uh, you know that, that was my fault. Um, just kidding. Hopefully, but yeah, it's, we just decided we want to do it. We were doing uh, YouTube commentary, um, last year, early last year and the year before for mm-hmm. true North disc golf. Um, and then mm-hmm. they took a, a big hiatus during, uh, COVID of course. And mm-hmm. then um, decided that uh, the owner wanted to do his own kind of commentary. So we like talking and like the sound of our own voice and decided that <laughs> we won't shut up somewhere else. It's a good call. That's <laughs> nice. exactly. And hey, we wanted to get you before you went on Sexton's show as well. We ha- I know he's going to be calling you soon if you guys are good friends, right? So Yeah, yeah. And We've you can ask him all the same thing. He'll tell you the tech. He's got Jared to help him out, though. We got to figure this out on our own. Yeah. Yeah, you guys definitely need a Jared Orr to help you out. Agreed. Big time. So we really appreciate you taking the time for us. I know you're up at the cottage there. It looks beautiful inside that room at least. And uh, yeah. hey, man, if we don't see you before the, rest, the beginning of the season, you go shred it down there. We'll all be cheering for you down yeah. here. Definitely. All right. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks, Thomas. Really Take care, man. It, Thomas. Amazing. What a fantastic, what a fantastic kid, actually. Like that was a week ago that we recorded that interview. He is unreal. He's huge. He can throw far. He is on the pro tour. He's touring. He's Canadian. And he sits down uh, with us virtually and agrees to an interview. And just, you know what? What do you have to say? Anything uh, cool that stood out about um, talking to him? Yeah, I've played with Thomas before. And uh, 
a couple of times and he's pretty to himself during a round, which I mean, most guys truly are, especially at his level. Mm-hmm. I'm not to myself. I like having fun <laughs> out there, but that's why I'm not uh, a touring pro like Thomas. But when he said he missed that putt on 17 and looked over at Barella, like these are high stakes. This is an A tier. Yep. It's Thomas's. He mentioned it. One of his favorite courses around. He's the braining champion and he misses a, seven, a 25 footer on hole 17 at the Goat Hill Challenge and then blows to, uh, Anthony Barella a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Almost to say like, here you go. I thought that was, that was pretty hilarious. And also, I mean, as silly as it was, it kind of shows good sportsmanship. Like he's like, this is how it happens. And for, to be 21 and just kind of take it humbly like that and say, you know, my boy and Anthony's going to take it down instead. Yeah. Uh, I, I just missed the putt. This just wasn't my day. I thought that was, that was a pretty cool moment for me. How about you? Well, absolutely. I, if I was 21 years old again, you're not uh, close. If I was mm. uh, 11 years ago. If I wow. was 21 again, I know, not too far from me. No, that's actually like not that some bad. People. Um, I would not have taken it that graciously. I remember playing uh, ice hockey with a couple of guys at that point. And that's a sport in Canada. Uh, yep. Yeah. And if uh, if one of the guys on the other team pushed me wrong, I was like, I was ready to drop my gloves, which is Canadian slang for starting a fight. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and to be able to just, you know what? Blow him a kiss, like he. You could tell he was stewing inside. Oh, it probably destroyed him to miss that putt. Yeah, absolutely. especially someone who's a self-proclaimed great putter, and, and, and he, he is. is. He yeah. is. Um, just for him to to take it in stride like that and uh, to to overcome it, it shows a lot of character. Agreed. Uh, and so Thomas, I believe now, bad host Justin here. He has he's starting to work on his social media uh, as most millennials. Is he even a millennial? Like when when does millennial yeah. stop? Sure. Yeah. Okay. As most young generation do, he has a social media channel and I probably should have asked for his handle, but I mean, you check, you check out Thomas Gilbert. Actually, wait, we did check out Thomas Gilbert and there was a serial killer at a high school or at a college. (laughs) Is that correct? Uh, So different Thomas Gilbert, but yeah, this is not the one we interviewed a Uh, serial killer. So, and he was in the U S but don't, don't go to that one. I'm actually just going to look up the handle. of Julian's going to look it up now because Dang it, we got the technology here. But I want everyone here that hears this episode to check out Thomas. He's putting out some good content. Um, his family has a gorgeous cottage up in Port... What did he tell us? Port Severn, I think. Okay. Mm, he did say that. And Thomas just kind of throws his new Prodigy discs out on the out on the lake and uh, has a basket set up out there. And it's a pretty sweet setup. And uh, you can learn some things too because this kid can absolutely hammer a disc and uh check out some of his videos for yeah sure big time and so his instagram handle for those of you who use instagram is thomas gilbert 54 uh just search for him on youtube with disc golf and you'll find the proper thomas gilbert and his phone number is just kidding <laughs> uh he's also is it just instagram I, yeah i guess so i guess or just look does he have a on U- facebook does he have a youtube he does have a youtube uh, as long as you mind the gap <laughs> can julian okay julian is our producer our fact checker and uh I'm watching his thumbs right now. He's, wow, it's actually pretty good. He types pretty fast. Does he have a YouTube channel? He does. And it just says Thomas Gilbert. So if you search okay, Thomas I mean, Gilbert I mean, on I mean, YouTube, you will find him. And that's Thomas Disc Golf with an L. So if you look him up, wait, does he pronounce it Thomas? Lamas, I just said. Perfect. But you should check out his stuff. Um, he gave us a great interview. And you know what the, the best thing is too? Like these guys that we're reaching out for interviews for, they don't even ask really like, no. you know, what is it? What is this for? And well, it's for a podcast and no, we haven't really put an episode out yet, but uh, this is just the disc golf community we live in. It's, and if you're listening to this, we have put it out now. Um, Oh yes, that's right. So spoiler alert. Thank you. You were listening to an episode. (laughs) Thank you everybody for listening to episode one. That was our interview with Thomas Gilbert. Stay tuned for our next episode where we're going to be interviewing Ezra Adderhold and we're going to be talking about his, uh, recent signing his muscles. Yeah. (laughs) Muscles. We're going to be talking about his muscles. And I think he's did a disc golf contract thing. So anyway, he works out a lot and we're going to be following that. So, Hey, before yeah. you, cause you're really good at doing the closeout and all okay. that kind of stuff. You're, you all got pressure. The, okay. All sorry. Pressure. Julian's horrible at doing that shit. Thank you. What I want to say is we are on Instagram, nothing really going on yet, but that's because we haven't released an episode and we are, Oh God. Now, now I'm going to fact check. We are the A tier podcast. Obviously, you know, the name now it is E-H. T-I-E-R, A-Tier Podcast, the A-Tier Podcast, and you'll see our beautiful logo designed by my boy, Leroy. Thank you very much, Leroy, for the beautiful uh, logo, and check us out on yeah, check, uh, Instagram. And, and send us some pictures, too, and some messages. We're always looking to hear from people. And Yeah, and what, uh, like if you got questions for Ezra, well, spoiler alert, actually, 
too late. Too, we're interviewing Ezra in about 20 minutes. So uh, I'll be honest with you. It's not going to get the questions in. But for the next one, we will put it out before <laughs> we, uh, you know. Something. We're still learning, folks. We'll figure it out. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. Keep your stick on the ice and enjoy around on us. Have a good one.